Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the next episode of the Walker AC Experience, coming to you live from Digital Download on location. Now, by the time you hear this, I'll be back home in Castle Walker, but for now, I'm on location in Miami, Florida. Why Miami, you may ask? We'll get to that in a second. But of course, be sure you give a thumbs up, subscribe, share, comment to walkerac76.podbean.com. That's Walker ac76.podbean.com come and find us on so many different platforms but we'll get to that in a second of course let me introduce to you my co-host my best friend my good buddy please don't call him jackie chan because that's racist kevin you everyone kevin you how's it going hello secret racist <laughs> <laughs> you know the second you said they're like oh i better say that in my brain <laughs> and how's it going with you the how's it going with you today Oh, it's all right. I'm missing Halloween already, and I'm like, okay, well, Thanksgiving is coming out pretty good, and so you know, trying to look forward to that and my my trip to be with family for that. But uh, yeah, good times. How's about you? Really, no complaints. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm on location right now in Miami. Uh, the company sent me uh, down here to help out, and so I'm sitting here in my cozy hotel. And, uh, yeah, they ordered me twin beds for some reason or another. I mean, I'm kind of wondering if that's a fat joke they're making. Um, I feel body shamed. <laughs> but on the plus side, there's a refrigerator and, and a dishwasher and all that fun stuff. So the amenities are plenty. I'm uh, down here for a week, so having a good time. Other than that, yeah, you know, I am kind of sad that uh, Halloween is gone. Because, you know, at our age, we really can't do trick-or-treating. You know, it'd be creepy to knock on doors asking for candy because, you know, I'm black, I'll get stabbed. You know, you know, I mean, you're the Asian descent, so they won't really say too much to you. They'll still give you candy and look at you weird. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a win-win on your, on your part. Well, everybody does think I'm a lot younger than I am, am so, eh, I mean, what am I going to do with candy anyways? So, I'm going to resell it. Yeah, well, Hey, I mean, you do a markup. I mean, that's capitalism at its finest. Um, now, our listeners aren't really aware of your age. I mean, not that we talk about it much, but, you know, I'm 47. And you're about the same age as I am, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 43 years young. You know, a small mini rant, and we'll get to the rest later on. <laughs> you know you know where this is going, Kevin. You know where this is going. You know, it's interesting <laughs> When the uh, adults say I'm 54 years young, I'm 89 years young, when did that become a thing? I mean, I'm so used to saying I'm 47 years old because I am old. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, to a 20-year-old person, I'm old. To a 6-year-old person, I'm old. Even when I was that age, I still consider myself old. So why are we kind of padding the age thing? I don't understand that. I mean, it's not young. Mm. Well, yeah. And the reverse, man. What, at what age do we stop saying and a half? Like, we can say we're three and a half. Why can't we say I'm 43 and a half? 
<laughs> you know, I never really thought about that. I mean, you know, when you're young, it's cute to say I'm four and a half, I'm five and a half. When you're 19 and say I'm 19 and a half, there goes your, uh, you know, there goes your sexual attraction right out the window. So. I don't know. Maybe it's a power move. Just say that. <laughs> But now, Kevin, sixty-nine and a half. Now, thanks to you, now we're bringing this sucker back. Nope. Moving forward, if a young lady approaches me and finds me attractive, she's gonna say, "So, uh, you know, you're silver hair fox. How old are you?" <laughs> I'm forty-seven and a half. And let's, and let's see how quick we head to the bedroom after that, folks. I'm gonna personally thank you, you know, if, if that works out. So. Uh, off the races. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are married. How'd this happen? Well, I told her I was 47 and a half, and that was impressive. And I uh, have my stuff together. So, yeah, so, you know, so there you go. Yeah, you know. That's right. When do we stop saying that? I mean, what age do you really think we should stop saying that? Mm, well, should is a different thing than, you know, naturally. I think we should stop. Maybe, okay, it's to me, I don't hear it at, like after you turn into a teenager, like the 13. I think it's just like it goes out the window unconsciously. Because <laughs> I think at that time you want to, before that you want to be older than you actually are. And then you're like, wait a minute, my body's getting all weird. Stop this, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is kind of interesting because I don't ever recall... Saying I'm ten and a half. I think that stopped. The moment you hit double digits, you know, saying a half really didn't work anymore. I'm ten and a half or I'm twelve and a half. You know, because we're in such a rush. We're in such a rush to become adults. You know, the, the moment we hit 10, 11, 12, and so on. And now when we're in our 30s and 40s, we don't want to be an adults anymore. And this is why we see a whole lot of people with arrested development, arrested development disorder, you know, dressed like kids. And it's, and it's like really creepy. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, you know, my grandfather never dressed as, uh, you know, howdy doody or anything. I mean, he embraces old age, but yeah, most most people nowadays they they try to do everything they can to you know preserve being younger, and it just really doesn't work. I mean, it makes it more creepy than anything. Well, yeah, it does amplify your age. You know, imagine like wearing a sailor suit and got a lollipop, <laughs> 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 like you're an old school child. <laughs> Although. The- that does kind of sound like a weird hipster thing to do. It's just like a thing, ironic. <laughs> I mean, if we walked around like that, I mean, you know, the people in the white coats are going to go, hey, um, come with us. Just just, just come over here with us. No, trust me, I'm 47 and a half. Yeah, sure you are. Come sit in this van with us. Come sit in this van with us for a while. You know, we're going to take you someplace where you can be your age. No, that's... Uh, yeah, but, but at the same time, if you dress like that, it will leave you alone. So you're going to the bad part of, the, of, of your city, just like a maniac may be a safety measure. <laughs> <laughs> but still, if you really think about it, you know, at our age, we, we want to be left alone. You know, we don't want people bothering us or talking to us or anything. Now, back in the classic days, you know, you can approach an elderly person for advice or sit down under the proverbial learning tree and have that conversation and get the wit and wisdom of, you know, of your grandfather. But now, 
with this generation, we just want to be left alone. So I'm thinking, Kevin, that is a good idea. I mean, I'm going to put on my beanie, my overalls, my striped shirt, sit underneath the tree, <laughs> licking a lollipop. Nobody's going to talk to me. They're going to leave me alone. They don't want it. Huh? That's a very good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, we're giving away yeah. all these secrets, but they're going to be copyrighted by us. Nobody else can do it but us. Because we understand that we're going to be that creepy old people that nobody's going to want to talk to. You know, I thank you, Kevin. You panned out the rest of my life for me right now to be left alone. You're awesome at that. I can see us going to like thrift shops and costume shops. Yes, I wanted to wear this fedora and trench coat. Totally. The Dick Tracy look. <laughs> we'll drive them all away. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna look at us and go, "Oh, you're those guys that came up with that idea." Shh, we don't want anybody talking to us. Just hand me the beanie, and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> That's true, man. It's like you wanna, you know, it's cool to be around like well, well dressed people when you, <laughs> but if you look like you're constantly going to a cosplay convention, <laughs> it's a different story. Exactly. <laughs> And you know, you know, as now as you bring up cosplay, now of course, you know, I'm definitely gonna have to go there now. And man, fear not, people. I understand. You know, there's Comic Con and everything else in between. But please explain to me, what is the fascination of dressing up at a particular age? You know, when you dress up as as you, as your favorite comic book character or your favorite video game character, and they have so many conventions like that all over. Now, once again, I'm not pooping on what people choose to do i'm just wondering when does when did this become a fad and, and how many years you know like the, you know they've been doing such a thing like this well to me it seems to be something that's been going on like okay cosplay is a portmanteau of the words costume and play so i conjecture that it's been going around in japan for a while um when i was there there was a cosplay play parade i went to I'm like cool i don't know who any of these characters are so <laughs> and that, to me possibly in the u.s it's like you know maybe it's tied to costume parties but i don't really know but um yeah that kind of like indulgence into fantasy into like you know be the character that you like is kind of I can see why people do it. Yeah, it really does seem interesting. You know, I give people all the credit in the world because I know I couldn't do it because, you know, like, you know, just, just how wacky I am, you know, and it takes a whole lot of time, a lot of effort, and a whole lot of money and a whole lot of resources to do it. So, you know, I'm not hating on it for it. I just, I just never really understood it, you know, because once again, you know, that's just me. I'm just that old man screaming at clouds as always. You know, that's just how I just, that's just how I roll. Hmm. It's, Maybe also kind of like um, a little bit theatrical where you kind of take out on a different persona as well. Maybe you're going to go like all the way into like that rather, just like wear the, rather than only wearing a costume. So maybe just it's, it's an exploration into personality as well. Well, well that, that, is, that is true. And, you know, it, it, def it definitely works for them. So, you know, I, I really have no issue with that. So that, that works for me. But... Before we get too deep in the woods, you know, us going on all these weird and wacky tangents, Kevin, what is our topic for uh, this show? Well, um, something I thought of a little bit, a little bit was um, entertainment and movies. Um, 
I think it's kind of cool to think of the genres of film out there. There's many. And um, one that I thought as an adult was really fascinating and just maybe not so um, popular in the mainstream is, is black exploitation. You know, starting from the late 60s and 70s, you had these movies that were catered to the uh, a certain demographic of Americans with, with a certain sense to it all. Um, so, yeah. Have you seen any of these movies? When I was younger, yes. You know, I was a very impressionable age to where I would see movies like Shaft or Black Dynamite. And actually, I thought that's how people were. And I found that so cool. <laughs> and I'm being 47 saying the word cool. It makes you so uncool. But I found it really cool. You know, to have the humongous pimp hats and the pimp canes, not really understanding the connotation behind it and what it stood for. <laughs> you know, and I remember being a little kid trying to be Superfly or you know, trying to be Mean Joe Green and stuff like that. And granted, I was a terrified young lad, so I would never call anybody the B word or the whole word or any stuff like that. I just wanted to dress up as a part. Until later on in life, I understood what Shaft was and what Black Dynamite was. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty racist. And that that does wonders for, for females. And yeah, that's not me. I think I'll stick with Superman and Spider-Man moving forward. Um, so yes, we had that. And, um, you know, Black exploitation movies, of course, it kind of crossed the gambit a little bit. So before you get to yours, you know, we will watch Kung Fu Theater every Sunday, you know, after cartoons. And it was the hardcore stereotype. So I'll pause right there, and I'll have you say yours. All right. Um, it's funny because my first real exposure to it was through um, gangster rap videos. Like, if you just go back and watch, like, Snoop Dogg or Dr. Dre videos, you see so many references to black exploitation movies. And it's just fascinating to see that whole world and its sensibilities. Um, you know, if you watch enough of, enough of those videos, you basically had this, you know, synopsis for Superfly, or or like Black Belt Jones. So it's just an interesting, uh, think of it, um, I guess, like part, an era of, of of film genre. And I'm glad you um, mentioned, you know, kung fu movies. Um, in Chinese culture, they're they're known as wuxia. And, you know, tales of, you know, heroes and martial arts have, you know, been a part of Chinese culture for a good long time. It's baked in. And so, uh, it, you know, you have a lot of novels and it's within the media. And, um, I mean, I personally really enjoyed uh, Drunken Master 2. That, I think, is my favorite um, Jackie Chan performance. So he was much younger and... It was more about his like um, kung fu prowess, and a little less on the stunt side. But you know, it's also a little bit more of the um, uh, classical era of of, um, of China Chinese um, environment. So it's you know, it's not set in the modern area. So you see a little bit, little bit of the Chinese history too in it. <laughs> and it was pretty interesting to me because, once again, being at that young age, I actually thought that was the culture. You know, and I can understand to where, you know, say for example, in black exploitation movies, you know, that non-African-American people thought that was us, thought that's how we acted. 
And so that's where all the myths of uh, African-Americans came from, you know, looking at those type of movies and not really understanding the culture. And so, you know, I could be painted with the same ignorant brush, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, your, your Chinese, Japanese uh, martial arts movies, you know, because that's all I thought. I'm like, holy crap. You know, my friend Jason down the street, he's Oriental. He can kick my ass. I mean, he has to know Kung Fu and he has to teach me because he has to know. And being a little kid didn't know any better, you know, I'll make that same approach. You know, he would look at me like I'm just mentally handicapped and go, no, I don't know Kung Fu. Are you a, you know, are you a black pimp? And I don't know what a pimp was. I'm like, yes, of course I am. I'm super fly, you know, stuff like that. And <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to be a pimp with this vernacular. It really is. So no, I tried my hardest, Kevin, but I'm sorry. I don't have the pimp qualities. Um, pimping ain't easy. Limping ain't easy. No, I really can't do that. So uh, yeah, black exploitation films definitely carries on, and it's much more um, beloved nowadays than it was back then because, of course, everything is old is new again. And instead of an original idea, you know, we dig up in the trenches all the old classic films and remake them and rehash them. Um, but did you watch any of those uh, in you know uh, in your youth? Um, black exploitation movies, maybe just clips, but. What I also do find really interesting is that there's elements that are in, um, indicative of the culture it comes from, like the disenfranchisement of African Americans due to white white exploitation. There's a reason why, like you know, the bad guys are like a rich white businessman. There's an absolute reason, or how like um, they 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 talk the way they do, they dress the way they do, because that's a part was part of the culture. And you, you know, when you look at martial arts film, it does talk about the history, about you know, um, trying to preserve harmony and people trying to uh, use their, you know, their fighting skills for self-serving purposes, and um, what it, you know, and there are cultural heroes in it as well, like um, uh, an important folk hero in uh, Chinese culture. Was, his name was Wang Feihong. He was a Chinese doctor. And he was a legend. He's a folk hero. He was um, a pillar of the community, and he was a he was a medicine man, along with um, fighting to defend uh, the Chinese people. And uh, during that time, when Western powers were be, were encroaching upon China, so it, it does speak to some of the legends that we have in our in our culture as well. And I, I never really thought about that. I never really thought about that before, because once again, going back. To exploitation films, we didn't, we just took it at face value. You know, we didn't really dip into it any deeper than what it was. It was just half-cocked kind of shows that just unplugged your brain for a couple of hours. And so I kind of envy you on that one because, you know, yours kind of have history. Ours is just black man, pimp, smack, hoe, you know, you know, defend his turf. And that was considered awesome back in the day. Granted, well, go ahead. Oh, sorry, but like we also have to take into effect that, like, you know, we had Chinese studios, or we had the Shaw brothers, you know, making have a production company out of Hong Kong, so we had that uh, for going us for as well. So we were able to tell the stories that span our, our history because we had the industry within, you know, the motherland, and you know, the black community, you know. 
that had faced so much adversity and they had to make these like films that are kind of more niche and to think the struggle that's portrayed could is like analogous to the struggle of the black people that lived at the time you know like right at the civil rights era yes and that is true it's interesting growing up um being non-caucasian and of course i'm not going to make that comparison i'm not going to go off on the rant that says black people do this white people do this no it was just <laughs> it was just interesting <clears throat> the way the cultures have grown up because we have so much of our history to learn about you know slavery bigotry and you know you name it we've just been through it and to see movies portray us as the actual hero you know as something that we were not used to grow, growing up back then but then again the heroes sure. back then were once again pimps I'm like, okay, do we have a superhero? Anyone? Anyone? He didn't, no, he didn't carry a cane and we're, we're a big pimp. No, okay, fine. Fine, we'll stick with Shaft and Black Dynamite and Afro Ninja. No, fine, we'll stick with those guys. You guys have Superman, Superman and Spider-Man. You take those. Which I felt that Black Panther was such an important movie culturally. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's, you know... Because they, they did Black Panther with such care, you know, going, you know, looking at the authentic culture of Africa, different, you know, nations and cultures and be able to create something, something that seems so real that the stupider people among us thought, thought Wakanda was a real place. <laughs> <laughs> so not going to touch that one. Can we go to Wakanda? It doesn't exist. Oh, I thought you guys had your own place. You know. <laughs> I mean, like, how how did you feel when, you know, Black Panther came out? Due to my age, it was a good movie. Had a good message. You know, it finally brought us into the whole superhero world, minus Black Adam. We'll talk about that later. Um, and, no, it was good for what it was. It was really good. Had a good message. And I think, and this may be a little bit of a controversial take, as the kids would say, it was kind of a little too late. You know, meaning we should have had that many, many, many years ago versus the comedic superhero movies or the exaggerated superhero movies, you know, of, where, of an African-American person can portray. So Black Panther, as tremendous as it was at the time, I think it was a little too late. You know, I think it was a, okay, it's your turn. It's like you're, I mean, it's like you and your brother are playing a video game and he really sucks at it. So you unplug your controller to make him feel better, and he doesn't know, so he's winning all the time, making himself feel good. You know, it's one of those, okay, it's your turn to play. You know, okay, you're the winner, good job, here's your movie, kind of thing. You know, I, I just think I just think, I, I just think it could have been done a whole lot sooner. It makes me wonder, though, like, were, were we culturally ready 10 years ago or 20 years ago because it also makes me think of like, let's just say um, that new movie Bros. It was a um, raunchy comedy about you know gay gay men and how it didn't do well, which kind of surprised me to think you know in the cultural climate we have now that people don't still aren't ready to embrace that and like you know the creator um, it was I think Billy Eichner. He did, like, kind of, like, mention, like, yeah, like, 
that like this American mainstream America is not ready to embrace people fully like this because like I wanted to see it too. Like I wasn't afraid that it was about gay men. I don't care. It's like it's a funny movie. It's a funny movie to me. And so I was like, huh? Like here we are. Because there are movies that are out out of their time. Like um, to me, a slight parallel to Black Panther was another Marvel movie, Found Chi. You know, and that was based at back in like the sixties and seventies. You know, Master Kung Fu, which was his, you know <laughs> his his moniker, but for it to also represent an Asian American voice, to me was real nice. And a part of me did feel like, man, I had to wait this long until I'm not you no know, not such a young man anymore to have something like this that spoke to me. But I just had to be like, at least it's here. Uh, you know, and you know, at least we got it. It took a while, but I guess we're culturally ready for it. Well, I think it's more of a generational thing, and what I mean by that is, say for example, in the early two thousands, Brokeback Mountain mm-hmm. came out, and that movie was highly controversial. And now you've heard of Bro- Brokeback Mountain, correct? Absolutely, I remember hearing the trailer and like teenage always yelling yelling and laughing at it and now it's like i think you'd have to be a real out and out bigot to do that in public yeah so it was a basic um movie ahead of its time if it came out now it would really not be a big deal because you know we've we've evolved to that part or i hate to even say it the new fad is accepting this and embracing this and changing this you know at one point it was heavily frowned upon it was taboo that was a cool thing to do was you know poke fun at a certain lifestyle now this generation is accepted so now the next generation it could be something totally different so that movie was ahead of its time uh, black panther mm-hmm. like i said should it should have came out maybe 20 years ago but that particular generation wasn't ready for it so it's just it's all a matter about what the new fad is, you know, what, what the next generational thing is that will be accepted. And it's pretty interesting that black exploitation movies aren't really a thing now, as it was 20 years ago. Yet, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not picking, I'm just, I'm not hating, as somebody will say, I'm not, ha- I'm, I'm not hating, I'm stating that, you know, gay and lesbian and LGBTQ movies, now they're okay now. Versus back then, it wasn't. So, it's, it's interesting what, what the next thing that people will, will, will embrace. Um, but going back to, to black exploitation movies, was there any movie that you think of that mentioned, that mentioned your generation, uh, you know, that mentioned your culture, that really kind of made you raise an eyebrow and say, really, this is, this is accepted? That's a really tough one because, you know, because China has its own media too, there, you know, it's a complete different sensibility as well. It just seems so much more purposefully censored, you know, it, you know, there are censorship rules. That, I think that in itself makes me raise my eyebrow because um, a few years ago, China did talk about how you know there's direct censorship that like you can't show cleavage, you can't show people kissing, you can't show this, this, and this. Whereas like 
there's a lot of great and interesting movies that came out of China, especially Hong Kong. Um, like there's some beautiful movies that came out of Hong Kong, such as Raid the Red Lantern or um, Bunking Express and the Move for Love, just really stylistic, uh, pa- like passionate movies that explore the human experience. And for them to be censored is to be, is to kind of defang some of it all. And that's really disappointing to me because creativity needs freedom. It needs the, the ability to express itself whichever way it comes at. And to control it is to, is to diminish the expression that artwork can, can, can be capable of. So that's my problem. Well, movies are supposed to be a means to an escape. You know, you're supposed to get out of the day-to-day rigors of life, sit back and just be lost in, in imaginary, in the made-up. So it is, it's, it's not really fair for them to have censorship on particular movies, you know, and you based on culture. Um, in, in, in America, you know, we really haven't had too many movies, too many mainstream movies that got people in an uproar. You know, Brokeback Mountain or Showgirls, which was allegedly rated NC-17, the most horrible movie ever, but it was about burlesque and about strippers. And it was horrible. You know, or People versus Larry Flint with Woody Harrelson. That movie got a whole lot of flack because the maker of Penthouse, Larry Flint, had a movie made about him. Um, so you look at movies back then and look at movies now... There aren't any really mainstream drama going on with movies because everything now. Well, well, go ahead. Oh, well, I also want to comment that um, a cultural shift that happened was the more conservatism of, of mainstream movies. If you notice now, there's a lot less explicit violence and sexuality and even controversial themes within mainstream movies um that you know the mpaa board is like completely um opaque nobody knows who's who's on it but you see the difference you see like you go back to the movies in the 80s and 90s like how much more violent you know gory and sexual it was you can't even see a like you know the uh, a lot of nudity in movies these days, or blood. And you can't say what fuck very often in a movie. And there's these rules. And I thought that was such a strange thing to notice in newer movies. Well, now it's more stringent because of this generation. I hate to keep going back to it. It's just generation now. And it could be, whether it be Me Too movement, whether it could be, you know, just society as a whole, want to police Everything you do, say, watch, and that really takes effect on movies, escapism. So, because once again, like you said, back then, the American Pie series and how raunchy and how dark comedy it was, or just your typical horror movie, you know, where they they, they head choppy and, and intestines and stuff like that, that's getting more rare and ra- more rare and rare. You know, of course, unless you look at the, you know, like the B movies and the C movies, but anything mainstream now is so sterile because they don't want to offend anybody. You offend somebody, you lose money. I I need to um, also put perspective on that one. Now, I highly suspect studio executives, 
people in charge of things are not young people. It's like, think about how the people in Hollywood that, that have control are usually old. It's kind of funny when you think, look at like 90s, movie, 90s media, like Saved by the Bell, Beverly Hills 921. You know, the old people that are writing the, sh the showrunners desperately want to make 50s culture cool again. And so, yes, people are more like more aware of the world around us, but I think the censorship is due to conservative people. It's like you know, right now, look at who's banning books, conservative people. Yes, and it's more and more prevalent now. I mean, I never thought in my lifetime that they would ban reading. They would ban reading a particular book, whether it be fiction or nonfiction. I mean, really? Are you going to stop someone that wants to read versus watching it on a TV screen? Because you, as a human being, just like the rest of us, are going to get offended by an old-timey book or an old-timey movie like Song of the South, a cartoon that, you know, that it offends you, so you're going to stop me from watching it? You know, that's just asinine. And, you know, not to get off on a big rant about it, it's just... Who decides now? You know, is it, well, it, I mean, is it the old curmudgeon guy in an office saying, no, you can't watch Song of the South or you can't read this particular book, you know, because religion says so or because it personally offends me? Well, it's, it's, it's the ideology. I wouldn't say it's about age or generation, but it's, it's because ideas persist through time, as we've seen. You know, people who, are, who believe in different religions or, or philosophies, they persist. I mean, paganism still exists. I, I, I meet, I've met pagans along with, like, super fundamental Christians. So these ideas still happen. And it's about who holds the power, who's motivated to go out and shape the narrative. And, you know, in, in a lot of cases, let's remember, there's a very certain type of person that has, and always has had, the cultural and political power in America. Let's never forget that. Oh, yes. And even though we have all these hang-ups and issues, America is still the best place to live. I mean, you know, in most people's eyes. Now, granted, people who live here may have a little bit different story, but... There's, there's no other place anybody else would rather be, even though we have all this unnecessary censorship and stuff of that nature. And, of course, you know, me, I'll blame it on Janet Jackson's nipple. I'll blame it on that. <laughs> I thank her nipple. I salute your nipple. <laughs> you know, it, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be free the nipple, and look what happens. The FCC freaks out. Oh, you know, I mean, there goes our day job. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna get canceled eventually. And speaking of, dude, it's conservatism, man. Like, <laughs> but I always want to point out, like, in so many cases, conservatism, conservatism ends up being wrong, and on so many social issues. Um, that is true on so many different levels, but I'm just curious to see what they're gonna ban next. You know, what they're gonna change oh. next. You know what. What was something that, you know, that they'll see and go, no, nope, can't do that anymore. Because if you remember, if you remember, you know, when we in our teens and early 20s, Mortal Kombat was the thing to, to crap on. Beavis and Butthead was the thing to crap on because they found it offensive while, you know, us little snot-nosed kids laughed at it and played Mortal Kombat and imitated Beavis and Butthead to an extent. So it's just a, 
to me, like I mentioned before last episode, it's just a really bad game of tag. You know, we tag you for a while. You know, we chase you around for a little bit. Then we get tired because you run too fast eventually. So now, now we look at the other person, you know, called movies and go, okay, tag, you're it. We don't like you now. So we're going to regulate, you know, what we do and, and, and what you watch. Well, it's, again, it's like that fear and, and, and this censorship and just, because even, let's think, or old, remember when jazz music was the devil's music? It was really fun. Like now, like jazz elevated musical form, but there's a lot of like really like dirty jazz songs and it was just seen as something so, so like, like, um, beady. You know, or just old school novels. Um, I mean, erotica has been a part of literature for who knows how long. It's always been that way. And and like, and to ban it, to to eventually be are wrong anyways. There are people who just like chastise um, Cardi B, but they'll be wrong too. They'd be like, you know, like 20 years now, like, oh, yeah, I remember this song. Oh, it brings back memories. It always ends up like that. <laughs> We're 60 years old. You know, hey, granddad, you know, have you heard that song, WAP? What was that song about? Well, son, sit by, you know, sit by the fireplace, you know. You know, your grandpa Adrian has a story for you. you know, sort of, you know, sort of, <laughs> Can't wait for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you, know, uh, you know, like, so granddad, tell me how much you're, you know, how'd you meet grandma? Well, there's a thing called OnlyFans back then, you know, where you paid $5 a month and you saw her hoo-ha as much as you want. And I fell in love, you know, just, you know, we're just, you know, we're, we're just waiting for the next thing to, to come across that will, you know, like that will offend us. And, you know, uh, we'll get our panties in a wad and, and, and we'll boycott it. So I think podcast is next, you know, we'll, you know, some, somebody will get offended by something we say and we'll get canceled and, all the other stuff I really don't believe in because I think I kind of chuckled when the term canceled came out, cancel culture and everything. I, I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, I'm pretty much screwed because um, everything I say will probably get me canceled. And I don't, know, I don't even know what that means to be canceled. Well, and- just, also, just also remember a lot of neologisms come from minority culture. Think of how many words come from the black vernacular. How many words come from the gay vernacular? How many how many words come from just like younger people? It's always taken. Remember, like, did you know? You ever hear that uh, phrase "living rent free" in someone's head? Yes. Or someone's mind or brain, whatever. That used to be a good thing, and then all of a sudden it turned into a bad thing. Just like canceling was holding people up to their up to uh, scrutiny. And then it became a bad thing, like censorship. It's so funny that it keeps happening. Woke it was a good thing, and now it's a bad thing because conservatives just, like latched onto it. It's so weird to notice this trend. And I guess now being that old man who screams at clouds, the terms that you just used, I did not know what they meant for the longest time. Well, when somebody will say, oh, you know, are you woke? And me, being, you know, un, an uncultured swine, would be like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm awake. I, I woke up today, and I'll get a weird look. No, you're woke. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, what, what does woke mean? You know, what, is, what does being canceled mean? I'm still here. You, you can't ban the things that I say. So uh, I just, 
I'm just at that stage in my life right now, Kevin, where, you know, sometimes the, the new kids, the new lingo kind of passes me by. I am that guy sitting on my doorstep looking at clouds and shaking my fist at people now. I never thought I'd be that guy. But, yes, yes, it's official. I'm, I, I'm that guy now, Kevin. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Let's hang out at retirement homes. You'll feel like a kid again. <laughs> and they'll be like what are you talking about cool I'm hot <laughs> yes I will be a kid again wetting myself and licking lollipops you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, oh man <laughs> this will be a really interesting TikTok video <laughs> right, hey the good thing is we'll be 70 80 years old still doing podcasts because, hey, right now, this is still a good thing to do, you know, until somebody gets mad at us and uh, shuts it down. So, we, I mean, we, we, we still have time left. We still definitely have time left. Or until, or until Skynet comes true. I'm hoping for Skynet. I really am these days. <laughs> you know, I know, right? That they can take care of everything. It's like, ah, whatever. I give up. You guys know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. We're pretty much in Skynet right now as we speak. Now, for those millennials who don't understand what the hell we're saying, pause this, look up Skynet. You'll get the Terminator series. Watch the Terminator movies. They're pretty good. One and two is good. The rest of them suck. But, you know, you'll learn about Skynet. It is taking over, so it's okay. And, uh, and one last thing before we go off into rants. I think you and Jeff from Serial and Beer spoke about it earlier. What do you think of AI? You know, the generated you know, voices. You, you can have conversations with them. Um, you can literally create yourself from AI. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? AI is here and it's the future. And to be dramatic, it's the future of humanity. AI is the ultimate child of humanity. It is an extension onto ourselves. It is where we're going to invest into uh, to hopefully alleviate the human condition. It is, it is what we'll make of it, and it will be a reflection to us. All the good and all the bad, it, it will be a direct, a direct um, commentary of, of the people. Because we're the ones that made it. And if it goes well, it's because we were thoughtful enough and careful enough or just introspective enough to make it that way. If it goes bad, it's because we infected it with our greed, with our with our hatred, with our, our ignorance. And it's going to be a direct part of it all. I've been playing around with AI. It's really interesting. I found like an uncensored... Uh, AI bot, and it's been real weird. <laughs> We're like, oh, geez, I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble for, for using this. <laughs> or, and it's just, it is the new Wild West. The internet was the Wild West back in like the 90s, and now we've reached a new era. And I think we're gonna have to adapt. We adapt, or we, we don't rip the benefits of a reality that is on its way no matter what. And, yeah, once again, yeah, I sound like a broken record. You are correct. I was always hesitant to get with the digital age. And what I mean by that is when AOL first came out, the Internet first came out, 
you know, I told myself, this isn't going to last. And then, then I started looking at porn. And I'm like, this is going to last for a long time. This is great. Um, you know, and then same way with the smartphones. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. And then looking up smartphones and what you can do with it is tremendous. AI, it just makes me wonder. It's a brand new thing. And I'm going to dip my piggy toe in it and give it a shot because it's something new, something exciting. And I always revert back to the old movies because that's just... The generation I was from you look at movies you look at humans create something and it benefits us to the nth degree and then all of a sudden one person does something stupid and screws it up for the entire race and destroys a human race or the robots take over and stuff like that because like you said I'm harking back to the previous show you did um, you really can't punish a robot you really can't punish AI you know, you really can't say you did something bad. I'm going to punish you because they don't care. It's just AI. It's just what it is. So not to put on my tinfoil conspiracy cap, but do you think with the, you know, with the high speed technology that we're having just day by day by day, do you really think it's going to hurt us or are going to benefit us? It'll all depend on we uh, what society as a collective decides to do with it. Um, like I mentioned in the Serial Bear podcast, um, the original intent of technology was to make human life easier. And, you know, the human existence will have conflict and struggle no matter what. But at least there'll be ones that will be more manageable, hopefully. And... Um, you know, the philosophy, are we going to let capitalism dictate how AI works? Or will it be another philosophy? Or is it going to be able to develop onto its own being? Or will it always be dependent on the human hand to guide it? It's a very interesting time to be alive to watch these events unfold. Yes, I think so. And yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. And, of course, you know, I'm not going to be doom and gloom. I'm not, because there's plenty of people out there that are doom and gloom. And they wear the tinfoil hats and waiting for the other shoe to drop and have the robots take us over like Terminator. I think this is going to benefit us. It's going to help us out. It's going to prolong our lives a whole lot. Now, granted, if the robot uprising happens, who can we wag our finger at and say, we told you so? That's really won't that really won't do anything except probably get our fingers blown off. Ourselves, basically, we all ourselves to blame. And you know, I'll probably just join the robots and let you. You guys know better than me. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> all I'm gonna ask them to do is, hey, you know, make me younger. Same thing you could do, make me younger. Okay, if you do that, I'll follow along with you. No problem. Bring me back to age 21. I will definitely bow down to you. It's no problem. So we're good. I can't wait to be a cyborg. Great. That would be awesome. I'm not going to lie. That would be awesome. Hey, make my body 20 years younger with, with a chip inside my brain. I'm perfectly fine with that. Mm -mm. But, uh, oh boy. So, so as we wind down, do you have any rants? Rants. Okay. Hmm. Yes, I can think of a rant. Well, mm, I I have this weird phobia of like being trapped in awkward conversations with people. <laughs> like, 
you know, the other night I was just overhearing somebody trying to explain um, daylight savings time in a incredibly dry manner. I'm like, I am so thankful I am not trapped in this conversation. <laughs> like, we're not trying to explain daylight savings time to me. I can just walk away without being awkward at all. <laughs> I think you gotta be really, like, have a high EQ um, to judge somebody's interest in what you're talking about. You know, like, somebody comes at me trying to explain the, in, like, the intricate nature of My Little Pony, I might not be interested. But hey, if you can, you know, be interesting about the origin of Doctor Who, I might just be really engaged in what you gotta say. So, like we talked about earlier, like, yeah, sometimes it's how you say it, you know, what you gotta say. And I just hope that we, uh, you know, people think about that when they decide to talk about, you know, their, their latest fly fishing session. <laughs> and I'll piggyback on that. I've been, um, yes, I've been accosted with people who want to share the events of their day with me. Because, you know, in, in the field that I work in, I have a lot of inter interaction with people and it's, it's really disheartening sometimes when someone will approach you excited about something and they tell you about it and you can give two hoots about it, but you have to plaster on a smiley face and nod your head and, and just go, okay, that's wonderful. That's great. And they're like, oh yes, I rode a pony today. That's wonderful. It was a gray pony and it galloped and it was wonderful and and see, the people who are listening to the show right now are kind of droning off momentarily because that's the same way how I feel. I'm like, I wish I can share your excitement, but you have to read the room. You really, really do. And no matter how much you paint the picture for me, if it doesn't get me, it just, just doesn't get me. It's nothing personal. And it is awkward. It's extremely awkward because, you know, you want to be, you want to be part of it. You want to make them feel good. But I, I, I just can't do it because... Once again, I'm that old curmudgeon man that just shakes his fist at people. Mm -hmm. Right. Just love people that, you know, may need a good fish licking at them. <laughs> <laughs> and so my turn for my rant. You see, that's funny. I, I, I'm at that age now where I do want to shake my fist at a lot of people. A lot of people. People in traffic that can't drive their car in a straight line. There's an accident every single day on the same road because people can't drive in a straight line. I want to shake my fist at them. Um, people who, in a grocery store, you know, can't read the items, 10 items or less, and they come in with a full shopping cart full of stuff and sit there and just stare at you. I want to shake my fists at them. You know, or, you know, or when you do something nice for somebody, like hold the door open for them and they don't say thank you, you want to slam the door in their face and break their face on the door. I want to shake my fists at them. So many different things. You know, if if somebody sneezes and I say bless you and they don't say thank you, I want to wag my fist at them again. I can't punch them. It's illegal. I'm black. I'll go straight to jail. I just want to wave. I just want to just wave my fist at them. <sighs> I'm old, Kevin. I'm old and I'm tired and I'm cranky. I just think it's official. Alas. Uh, time, the ravages of time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the good thing about it is, you know, yes, yes, I'm an older person, but I'm still pretty, I'm still pretty healthier than most. So that's, 
Yeah, I mean, clean living, Doc. It's it's clean living. So as we uh, <laughs> as we wrap up this lovely show, like we always do, Kevin, we talk about everything but really say nothing, and we do solve the world's problems one show at a time. What closing advice, what closing words do you have for our fine folks out there today? <laughs> All right. I... <laughs> I think it's of great value to really understand and admit when you don't have enough information to make an opinion. Too many, too often, we all shoot off our mouths and say something absolutely ridiculous, even patently false, easily provable that's false. It's, I find value in what saying I don't know enough about that to have an informed opinion. It's, to me, that shows a lot of maturity and wisdom that, you know, rather than just boot off the cuff and, like, be completely ignorant, it's better to think that way. Uh, it's because there are people that will double down on their ignorance and just look doubly dumb. <laughs> and when you just take perspective and say, oh, like, for example, you know, the, the war that's happening in the Middle East right now, that's an area where I am very confident in saying I don't know enough to form an opinion. You got people on whichever side, whichever perspective, claiming they know the truth. But to me, the truth is in between there somewhere, but I can't make that judgment call because I haven't invested enough time and resources into understanding it. So. I cannot say with any confidence I understand it. So I'm just, I'd like for people to think that way too. To, that way you get, don't get swept up into uh, fervors or you, you take that time to think like maybe I should invest my energy into understanding something more fully. I think that will you know increase your wisdom. So I hope that people really think about that way, uh, thinking that way. I feel attacked, Kevin. I really feel attacked. No, no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Attacking my wisdom score. I think, I think a good chunk of us is um, are, are guilty of that because we want to fit in so bad, and we want to have something to say so bad that we will lie to ourselves just to be part of that conversation. And I'll be the first to admit, I've been one of those people on many of occasions. Um, I've surrounded myself with good quality people and sometimes a conversation gets so just deep into the woods, I want to contribute something. And just without even thinking, I blurt something out, you know, without really doing my homework. And yes, I do feel stupid halfway through the conversation because I get lost and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I really shouldn't have did that. You moron, shut your mouth and listen to, listen to smart people talk. Um, yeah, it, it definitely happens a lot, and, and, and I've been guilty of it. So, you know, you know, for that, yes, you know, I guess you definitely get the tip of the cap on that one. Um, my words of wisdom, because once again, Kevin, you and I solved another world's problem, black exploitation films. So, yes, we, we, we're welcome. Um, simple thing. Don't wait till you get older to walk away. And what I mean by that is if something isn't benefiting you, something isn't balancing out your energy in air quotes, um, walk away from it. You know, don't be afraid 
to walk away from the table. You know, don't be afraid to eat alone. Don't be afraid to do something on your own. If, if whether it be a friend, a family member, a relationship is not benefiting you, walk away from it. It's okay to be selfish. It's okay to look out for yourself. It's okay to look out for your best interest. Because I've said it before on so many shows, there is only one you. And you have to take care of you as a person and look out for your own best interest. So yes, it may hurt. You know, yes, you may be viewed at as the bad guy or the asshole or anything of the sort. You know, just walk away from things that doesn't benefit you. Now, I'm not saying, you know, use a person until they're, 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 they're physically, mentally dried up. But I'm just saying, you know, you have to, you have to look out for you. So that's my words of wisdom for all of you people. Because when you think wisdom, you think Walker AC. Please, I'm three shades of retarded. Can we say retarded anymore? I'm three shades of retarded. But some of my wisdom, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. So as we say goodbye, Kevin, where can people find you if they want to contact you? Uh, well, over at the Stereo and Beer podcast, we are on all the same platforms as the Walker Ace Experience. So Jeff and I also post on it on our Facebooks, so you can um, comment on there. We have a, an email, serialbeer.com, at hotmail.com, that we never check. So maybe that's not a great <laughs> idea to email us. Uh, just reach out to us directly and try to maybe um, bring it to, uh, to us on one of uh, our platforms and Maybe we'll try to get back to you. Yes, and of course, you can find us on 21 free different platforms out there to download, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Pandora, whether it be iHeartRadio, Amazon, everything in between. I almost said Amazon Music, good, good heavens. But you know what I mean. Uh, do a search for The Walker AC Experience. Google it, and it'll show you all of the applications that are out there, whether it be Listen Notes, good pods sign up download let us know how you feel what you think this is where you can find a walker ac experience serial and beer podcast the out of context podcast the debuting show of casting couch potatoes and much much more and very soon in a couple of episodes we're going to have a big announcement yes a big announcement coming up for the walker ac experience all its affiliates and everything in between. We thank you so much for downloading the show, listening to this show, getting words of wisdom, laughing at us, having a good time with us, maybe uh, getting something new out of it. This has been a Walker AC experience. I have been Adrian Walker AC. He has been Kevin Yu. You've been our friends, our family, our loved ones, people who love us, people who hate us, but you're going to listen anyhow. The kids call it hate listening. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. And until then, folks, we'll talk to you again soon.